Hi, welcome to On The Daily, a podcast about finding the acoustic you. I'm your host, Danielle McCleary. I am a serial optimist and a champion of people who has long been on a search to truly see people and help you peel back all of your layers and become the most acoustic, authentic, and best version of yourself. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. What's up on the Daily Family? This is your host, Danielle. This episode today is with a very good friend of mine. Her name is Cassidy Rhodes. She is South African. So she has a cooler accent than I ever could hope to ever in my life. We talk about divorce. We talk about the pain of healing from any sort of loss of relationship. We talk about finding ourselves again. We talk about what that looks like. We also talk about this mission in fitness. And when we start wellness journeys or health journeys or fitness journeys, the why of starting and how important that is to know. I'm just really excited for you to hear this. Cass and I have been through, we're very similar in age. We have gone through very similar things and kind of ended up in very similar places. And so it's just really fun to have conversations with her. And I'm just really pumped for you to hear her story. And hopefully it resonates with you. If you are just joining the podcast, welcome. We are a few months into this now, and we are loving every second of it. We are so glad that you are loving it too. The love and support of this podcast has been everything to us. Go back and listen to previous episodes. One thing I love about this podcast is they are not in any specific order. So you can truly choose one that resonates with you. Dive in. You get episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Tuesdays are typically interview days. Fridays are typically what we call Unplugged with D. They are just short little solo episodes with me. And as always, please slide into our DMs. Let us know what you think. We would love to hear from you. Before we get into this interview, though, I have to tell you about my new favorite CBD company. Their name is Equilibria. They are women-owned. They are POC-owned. And they are just dope freaking humans. These girls are changing the game, in my opinion, for what CBD is and can be. When you order from them, you get a dosing specialist, somebody to help you learn about CBD. And it's all hemp CBD, so you're not going to get high. There's no there's no hallucinatory THC, nothing like that in it. It is all just for wellness. And when you meet with a dosing specialist, they teach you what you should be using CBD for, when you should be taking it, how much you should be taking. And then you can also get your questions answered. So if you do have any reservations around taking CBD, maybe you have other medications you're on or other illnesses and you want to know if you know it's going to mix well, they will answer all of your questions. They have nurses, they have geniuses, scientists, all the things working with them. And so I have really been loving getting to know them. Their product is amazing. Their product packaging is so beautiful. If you do want to check them out, go to Equilibria's website. Use my code Danielle on the daily at checkout. You will get 15% off your order. And tell me what you think because I'm obsessed. So let's hear this episode with Miss Cassidy Rhodes. Hello on the daily family. Happy Tuesday or whenever you're listening to this. Today I get the absolute honor of interviewing my friend Cassidy Rhodes. Hi, friend. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so glad you're here. Listen, I start every episode with a clearing. So it's just really anything that you may need to clear either one of us that would keep you from being present. So for example, I recently got a chemical peel and I thought it was done. And obviously, if you're listening to this, you are not seeing me, but Cassidy is seeing me and I 
look like a Halloween character. And I'm just trying to not focus on the fact that my face is peeling off of my face. So that's where I'm at <laughs> today. What about you? You look beautiful. You can't tell. Thank I'm you. I'm good. I'm just at home. Not. I recently got back from Miami, a trip. And so I'm in like the seven, 10 day quarantine thing. So kind of a lot of time on my hands, but yeah, I'm good. Good. So I really, there's a lot of reasons I really wanted to have this interview with you, but mainly I know that you and I were obviously around the same age. We also like have a similar past. Like we've both been through divorce and we're in the fitness world and there's just a lot that goes into like going through a divorce, especially like when I felt like I was pretty young when I got married and when I got divorced. And there's just a lot of like transformation, I think that happens in that time. But I just think the way that you've gone through it, and you're just so graceful in the way with your journey. And it's not that you've ever tried to hide your journey from anybody, like you're very vulnerable and open about it. But you've also let it really shape you and kind of, I feel like everything you do, you learn from and everything you do, you do with so much purpose. So I would love for you to just start out by just sharing a little bit about your journey. Obviously, if people have heard you speak by now, they know that you are not from America. So give us a little history. Like who is Cass? Where do you come from? You know, what brought you to where you are today? Yeah, our stories are very similar. Uh, thank you, though. Thank you for saying that. And I'm excited to be here. And I'm excited to, you know, I guess share my story with more people because you're right, I do share it a lot. And I kind of do that just because I feel that they might be someone who's going through the same thing or feeling some sort of way and they may be able to relate. And it's just kind of, it's, a, it's often that you find people who don't share it and then you know, it can just help someone. So that's really what I do it for. But going to your question. Uh, so yeah, I'm originally from South Africa, uh, from a town called Johannesburg or a city, I should say. I lived in the suburbs there. And a lot of people ask me what it's like. And I would say it's very similar to how we live here. We have apartments, we have buildings, we have houses and all that stuff, which some people have asked if I lived in a hut. And I don't, I never did. But I've gotten those questions before. And we don't have wild animals all over the place. It's uh, very much, you know, pretty much a first world country. But yeah, I grew up there for 21 years. And then just after my 21st birthday, I wanted to travel and just kind of change my life. And I wanted an, an adventure because it just felt in South Africa, it was the same thing over and over again. And I was getting into a terrible rut of just binge drinking and had no purpose, no drive, no ambition to do anything other than just party but it didn't make me feel good it wasn't exciting it just was almost just a spiral of just continuing to feel like shit really <laughs> so I needed to get out and I wanted something different and to be honest I had no intention of coming to America I wanted to follow my sister's footsteps and go to Europe but because of my passport and being a South African, that was not an option. So I looked into au pairing and I came to America. So that's how that started. 21. Uh had multiple families. I did it through a company and forget the name. It was like au pair care or something like that. I don't know. Multiple families started in San Francisco, left that family, went to Delray Beach, 
left that family, <laughs> went to Raleigh, North Carolina, stayed with that family for quite some time. Wonderful, wonderful kids, wonderful people. And then that's when I met my ex-husband. Yeah. How much further do you want me to go into it? <laughs> no. So your ex was American. And how old were you when you met, fell in love, got married, all that stuff? I think we met just after my 20, no, before I was 22, it was 2010. So we met in the end of, in, end of year in 2010. So pretty young, 20, how old am I now? 32. And yeah, we were dating for about two years. And then he was studying and obviously we had talked about marriage a lot and the idea was that he wanted to go somewhere to a different state to after he studied to get a job. But if he had moved, I wouldn't have been able to come with him because of my visa. I had to stay in the family that I was working or in the state that I was studying at. And so, yeah, we were just like, well, maybe we'll get married. And then he kind of just popped the question randomly one day. And I said, yes, yeah. <laughs> got married within like five months, I think it was even shorter than that. Wow. I okay, it's very similar. So I went to high school with my ex husband, we went to high school together. And I actually got married two days after my 20th birthday. And I was the girl that was like, never going to get married. Like I was the girl that was like, No, 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 I am a free bird. Thank you so much. Not interested. But I don't know, like, it's like funny to hear you say and then we just talked about it. And then he randomly like popped the question because that's kind of what happened. Like, we had talked about it. He popped the question. We were both moving to Europe, actually. And so we figured, let's just do it now. And then we'll just be married when we live in, in England. And yeah, I got married two days after my 20th birthday, but after only a six month engagement. Yeah. What do you think yeah, that really is? Short. Like, like when you look back and you, cause like I now I've always been like, I will do what my heart wants when it wants it. And I don't really overthink things. Sometimes I feel like maybe I should think a little bit more, but I, whatever, this is who I am. But I remember there was a moment, like there were so many moments when I was like, I'm going to get married. My family was like, are you sure it's that? Mm. I don't know if that's what you really want. And I'm very, very confident that my mom and dad both knew that it wasn't going to work, but they also trust me to make my own decisions. So what do you think it was? Like, do you think there was ever a moment when you were going through all of that, that you kind of in your mind had breaks, even if you weren't putting the brakes on? Like, do, do you know what I mean? Like, was there any moments like that? Or were you just like, this feels good right now? Let's go. I honestly, uh, I mean, I get nervous because I have a feeling that he would probably listen to this podcast, but obviously my intention is never to make him look bad in any way, any shape or form. He's a wonderful, wonderful human, but I, and this may hurt him to hear it if he hears it, but I had a lot of breaks actually. And even before walking down the aisle, my brother kind of sat me down he was like, are you sure this is what you want? Because he could see right through me because I was just, we had a very like, rocky relationship and there were a lot of insecurities in our relationship there were a lot of red flags and I, I'm a very much a people pleaser and I'm learning to not be as much of one now as I get older and so when I was younger I would just I thought this was the right thing to do and my mom was like get married you found someone that's really hard to find and he's great and he still loves you and regardless of all the red flags that we had and the 
ma major fights that we had huge fights, which was just definitely should have been a big sign, <laughs> but we were young and, you know, it was just a lot of passion. And I honestly did. I had a lot of breaks. I just, I didn't listen to myself. I didn't listen to my heart. I do not regret any of it. So I will say that it's, that there were a lot of lessons and a lot of wonderful times, a lot of great memories that we made. But yeah, definitely there was, I knew I was young. I didn't feel ready. I didn't feel like it was the right time. And I didn't feel that I was ready to be someone's wife because I just had so many things I wanted to do with my own life. And I felt that I had put him first with so many things that I held back on the dreams and the goals that I wanted. And he was, he's a very driven, very ambitious man. He worked really hard, incredibly intelligent. And he was in PA school and he was, you know, top of his class, just studying. And I was just waiting there being supportive and be like, what do you need? And completely forgetting about what I wanted and who I was. And I kind of lost sight of that. So I knew that walking down the aisle that I was heading into something that wasn't really me, which is weird to say out loud and to someone else. <laughs> it's so, but yeah. No, but when you say that, though, like you just exactly... That's exactly the thought that went through my head right before I walked down the aisle. I think it's actually really weird to hear this, say this out loud too, because saying like very similarly, like I would never wish ill upon my ex. Like I would not be who I am today had I not been married to him and experienced with him what I did like full. I know that everything happens in this life for a reason. And I know that like, so when you say that, I, I do believe you. And I really, I really respect that you say that because I think it's so easy to feel animosity. I just really like to practice radical forgiveness. And yeah, things went bad. We fought too, like awful, awful, awful things. But we also had a lot of good times. And I am who I am today because I went through that. But I remember very distinctly right before I walked down the aisle. It, you know, in those movies where life goes whoo, and it just like flashes by the actor and they're like looking at their life. I had that moment. And I knew we weren't going to make it. I'd never said that to a single person because I'm also very stubborn. And I'm like, no, this is going to be forever. You know, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever said that out loud in such like a public. I think you just like made me say that out loud because there was a moment where I was like, wow, I don't I don't think this is going to work. But this is the right now. And right now, I guess this is what we're doing. Yeah, my brother was my brother could see right through me, I think. And he just. He looked me in the eyes and he was like, if you don't want this, we'll go. And in my heart, I was, I was, I kind of was leaning like, okay, let's leave. But then at the same time, I knew I would be breaking his heart. And I felt that I was like, this must be something. It must be love. It must be real. It must be good. If this is, there's so many people here. There's so much love in this environment. There's just so many people rooting for us and, and I'm rooting for him. And we've been through so much. And I was just like, this, I, this is just, I'm just nervous. I'm just scared. But looking back, hindsight, I, you know, I just wasn't listening, which I do now. It's so important to listen to exactly what you're hearing inside. And some of us, you know, they say, so it's so true. Love is blind. And you kind of just will not see past what you want to see, or you only see what you want to see, really. And that's all I was trying to focus on. I was just holding on to this thread of like, okay, we can make it work. But if it doesn't, we can always get divorced. And I think that was my biggest thing. And the biggest thing that I didn't listen to is the fact that you were walking into a marriage going, oh, if it doesn't work, I'll just get divorced. I was like, 
That's exactly what I said in my head. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly what I said in my head. Whatever. I'll just get divorced. Like everybody does. Like that was exactly what I said in my head. And maybe I always think, I always go back to that and I go, is that because my family, my parents got divorced when I was like two. Right. So I'm like, did I just have like a really weird, insecure view of marriage? And obviously I went through lots of therapy to realize like, yeah, I do. I do have a weird view of marriage. Like I, I've never seen marriage as being like forever, you know, because it wasn't in my childhood. And so that took me a long time to kind of realize that it's okay if it's forever. It's okay if it's not, but you know, whatever the case be, it has to be honest and it has to be authentic. And that's kind of how I got to the point where I was like, well, no, then, then getting married to him and living the life that we did for the time that we lived it was the right choice. Even if it didn't work out, it was just a chapter of this book of my life, you know, that I'm writing. So if you could go, if you could give one, like a piece of advice to like 22 year old Cass, like what would it be looking back? Sure. So many (laughs) other than hold on, like wait a bit and Definitely listen to yourself, listen to your own advice and stop trying to please everyone else first. Like really, I I think that was the biggest thing that I just did. I was just always trying to make everyone else happy before myself. So I just, I felt so lost because I just lost completely who I was because it was just about everybody else. And I, I know it makes me a very, you know, I'm a very empathetic person. I'm very understanding I am very forgiving if someone says sorry to me and I feel like they mean it I'm like okay we're good (laughs) I just I do that a lot but yeah just really just put yourself first and I didn't do that for many years for a long time until now (laughs) when did you guys get divorced how old were you I was turning 31 so I was 30 yeah 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 two years ago yeah so when I met you you were going you were like in the thick of your divorce yeah yeah. Right. You know, it's so it's so crazy. I our stories are so similar. You know, I was technically still married when I had Owen because my divorce took so long cuz you know, for whatever reason, like he just wouldn't you know, it just like we had no assets, but like yet it took years to like have it be officially done. And it just took so much I just think back to like it took so much longer than it should have. <laughs> And I just, I don't, I don't know why. So obviously like heartbreak, right, comes out of the end of anything, even if you know that it's the right choice. I mean, for anybody out there who's like maybe in a season of your life where you're in heartbreak, even if you know that the heartbreak is the right choice, it doesn't take anything away from the fact that it still sucks, right? Like losing the loss of a relationship is heartbreaking. It really is. So tell me about like that journey, because obviously you were starting your career at Seoul around the same time. And that's when I started my career at Seoul around the same time as I was going through my divorce. So I'm interested to hear your, your, you know, what, what finding fitness and kind of you have, you're on this mission now, you know, in your life to help people. How did that all, like, what was the pivotal point? Like, what was the moment you like woke up and went, okay. I'm going to use this in a positive way. Like, what was that moment? Mm, I was definitely still married when I had that moment. I started, so my fitness journey really and how I started into fitness was kind of in a negative way just because I was looking at fitness of how I wanted to look really, not not how I wanted to feel. 
I was convinced that I wanted to look like all the people in not just magazines, but Instagram had started to become a thing. Fitness, the fitness world on Instagram was blowing up and I wanted to be part of that so much. I was looking at trying to be like on YouTube and I got a camera and I just never pulled the trigger with any of that. But it's most likely because I was trying to follow everyone else and what it was supposed to look like. So fitness for me was just really based off of other people's ideas. So I started working at the gym and I was lifting weights and I wanted to be a bodybuilder and I wanted to do those competitions. And I did do one of them, which is the worst thing I've ever done in my entire life. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> to each their own. And I think the people that do it and are successful at it are incredibly strong willed. Wow. Like they, it blows my mind how you can do it. But for me, it was not for me. And it came from such a negative place of just dieting to the most unhealthy way and just trying to find something that would fill my time rather than think about how terrible my relationship was. So fitness was just this replacement in a sense. And I felt that if I had this goal or image to to look like, then it would be supported by my spouse at the same time because it was just a goal, which it wasn't, unfortunately. Things that I did weren't always very supported. So it was just a constant battle, not only with my mind, with my body, but also my relationship. So it was just this, this negative place where I started fitness. And then I finally decided to take a group fitness workout, which all the people I would follow on Instagram and stuff were obviously not about group fitness. They were just like, no, it's about going to the gym, about lifting weights and building a booty and muscle and all this stuff. And then dieting and counting every calorie to the low fat, fat free almond milk kind of, if that's even a thing, but that's where I was at. I was counting every single calorie. I was eating like 800 calories a day. I was starving myself to the point of if I ate something out of my calorie count, I would just completely throw it out the window and then just binge eat and then I'd cry. It was just horrible mess, horrible mess. And I decided to take a group fitness class, which was this tiny little spin studio in Massachusetts, Dartmouth, Massachusetts. I forget the name of it, but I sat in the right in the back. There was loudspeakers, completely dark. And this girl kind of, kind of rode to the rhythm of the music. And by the way, I had no idea what Soul Cycle was at this point kind of rode to the rhythm, but I thought it would be really fun if we did ride to the rhythm. So I would take those classes, ride to the rhythm myself, and then I would go to the gym and I'd just practice on my bike. And I just started to kind of love the feeling of riding to the rhythm of the music and working. I found out that I was working out, I was getting my cardio in, which I was trying to always do, but I was having so much fun doing it. So I think that was where the pivotal point of the mindset change of what fitness was to me. And I realized, I was like, oh, wow, I can actually have fun doing fitness. Like, this is weird. I'm actually enjoying myself. So I got certified in, I think it's like spin certified, which they were very adamant. We do not ride to music. We do not ride on beat. We do not do any choreo. And I was like, well, I'm going to, but cool. I won't do it in this, this, this little setting. That's cool. And I went to my gym and I asked if they needed a spin instructor and they did. So I was teaching to three or four people that were probably over the age of 50 (laughs) and just kind of having a really good time and they loved it and I loved it. And yeah, I finally found another um, spin studio in um, a place called Tiverton, Rhode Island. And I was her first instructor. I auditioned first instructor and she hadn't even opened her doors yet and it was called salt cycle studio 
And then we finally opened those doors and it kind of blew up because it was the only fun thing to do in this tiny little town that was, you know, Rhode Island is like the smallest state in America. And this little town was the tiniest town in Rhode Island. And we just kind of blew up and people loved it. And I would train, I trained all her instructors and a lot of things changed. And I just realized how much I loved teaching other people to have fun in fitness. And I think everything just switched for me and I wasn't working out for what I looked like, but I worked out because of how it made me feel. And I think that people say that all the time, but if you can truly find that love for something, regardless if it's fitness or not, just something that keeps you moving, makes your body moving, makes you smile, makes you laugh, brings you happiness. I just think it's something you have to hold on to. So I just, I, I clutched onto indoor cycling so much. I was just in it, loved it. And yeah, I, Someone came up to me and was like, you teach like a soul cycle instructor. And I was like, what's soul cycle? And they told me what it was. And I tried it out in Boston. And uh, Maddie was my first. Oh, um, Mads Tads. You Mads Tads. I love her. And she was my first instructor at soul cycle. And I was like, oh my God, I can do this for a living. Like, this is, you guys get paid. Did you guys make a living off of this? And she was like, yeah, you don't know what this is kind of thing. And I was like, uh, finding out. So yeah, that was like a pivotal moment, I think, just figuring out that it wasn't about what it, what I looked like. And then when I, when I realized that, when I was doing it because it just made me feel so good and then I was helping others feel good because it was just, I think it was less about coaching at that point because I was so new to it, but it was just more of just feeding them energy of like, hey, I'm having so much fun, come have fun with me. My body just started to change and I just felt really confident because it was coming, I think, from more within than versus focusing on the outside. I sound so cliche, but it truly was my moment. (laughs) No, that's not, it's not, doesn't sound cliche at all. I think that it's, you think it sounds cliche because it's, it's so real. And there are probably so many people hearing this that are like, wow, that is exactly the way I've been feeling. You know, I think people will start a fitness journey or a wellness journey or, you know, any journey with sometimes not knowing what it is they're starting for. And I think you just really, you, you just gave people space to kind of define their own path a little bit. You know, I, you, you say something. So uh, in addition to being a soul cycle instructor, you teach at lit method here in Los Angeles, uh, which you can explain, but it's like endurance rowing and like other things, right? There's, there's a whole bunch of other stuff, but one of the things, and I'm, I stalked you to hear, to get this soundbite, but you say something in one of the it's, it's like a, the advertisement post, right. Where it talks about what lit method is. You say something about your past does not define your present or it doesn't define your future. I think that is one of the most beautiful things to ever come out of somebody's mouth. And it's so true, but I want to know what that means to you because you say it with so much conviction. And just if I said it wrong, please help me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can remember that. I, often when I'm coaching and speaking, it's just coming from how I felt. And so sometimes I, don't, I walk out of a class and someone's like, you just said something. I'm like, I'm so glad. What was it? Because <laughs> it just really oh just, my gosh, that, like is such a good, that is such a good reminder. Anybody who takes anybody's soul cycle class, if you come up to any of us after class and you say, what was that thing you said after that one song? First of all, I don't know what song you're talking about. <laughs> Second of all, I have no idea what I said. Like, <laughs> I wish I did. I don't. Yeah. I have no idea. 
we don't plan it. Well, at least I don't, I, I definitely don't plan it. If I plan it, it's not authentic. It just comes out like robotic. And I learned that pretty quickly for me. I mean, your past does not, does not equal your future. For me, it just, we all make mistakes and there's oftentimes that you have to restart things and you can go through a journey one day and you can think like, just like our marriage, you know, we'll go through this journey thinking it's the right thing to do and you still have your hesitance or you are hesitant and there's going to be ups and downs. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall down. You're going to fail. And you're not always the victim. You may be the person that's changing things. You may be, I don't know, you may be a catalyst for some things, but just because it doesn't go the right way or just because it doesn't lead you to the path that you wanted or the destination that you needed, it doesn't necessarily mean it changes everything about you of who you are or what you still want and your goals can still be the same or they can change so I think that's really what I mean from him just a lot of people will beat themselves up about you know the mistakes they've made or the choices they've made and the life paths that they've walked on and I think they kind of think that well because I did this I deserve this or you know because I didn't make this choice then that means that this is going to happen and I think that you kind of just have to continue to look forward rather than beat yourself up about things that have happened in the past. I think that's what I mean by it. Have you ever, does that include you? Cause I know I've felt like that before. Oh when yeah. I chose to leave, when I chose to leave my marriage, my ex was, he suffered depression, but he was also like kind of bipolar a little bit and like had a whole bunch of other mental health things that started to come on in the end. And there was like a moment where I said, I don't, I cannot be a person's, wife and their friend and their therapist and their doctor and the person that's going to make sure that they're taking their meds when they're supposed to. Like, I just can't be all of that for one person, nor do I want to be all of that for one person. And so there was a, there was t a lot of time actually after I separated from my ex-husband where, and just so everybody knows, my ex-husband is not Owen's dad. Owen's dad and I are actually very close and we get along great. This is like high school I was never married to Owen's dad. Everybody thinks that I was, but we were never married. But there were so many moments after that when, even when I was at Seoul, because I found Seoul during my marriage and I actually, we were separated for the first time when I went to instructor training. And I remember, of course, like meeting all of the in trainers in New York, the Mama Mel's and the Janet Fitzgerald's and all of them. And they could see right through me. You know, like I was like, I, this is great. I'm fine. Everything's fine. And they're like, you are not fine. There is something yeah. <laughs> very dark going on in you. And there were so many moments over the next couple of years where I just not out loud. I never said it out loud. I never said it to anybody else. But when I was with myself in those moments where you sit by yourself, I said to myself so many times, you probably aren't going to have this career is probably not going to last maybe you're not going to find somebody again because you ruined that relationship. And there was so much guilt for so long that is unrecognizable to me now. But isn't it crazy what when you're in it, what your mind will convince you is true that absolutely is so opposite of who you are? Because that's not who I am. Anybody that knows me knows that that's not me at all. But when you're in it, it can feel like the end of the freaking world for so yeah. many reasons. Definitely. I mean, I, I never had the moment where I felt like I ruined the relationship, but I, I felt there was almost, I went through a point, guilt was definitely a, a feeling for me, but not in the sense of like, 
guilt from leaving. It was just, I kind of almost felt guilty for being happier because I went through, I mean, it was ups and downs. So don't get me wrong. Cause there were times where I would just be feeling on top of the world. And then the next day I was a complete mess, like on the floor, fetal position, crying, like your know, bathroom tile kind of moment. Listening to Avril Lavigne. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, I felt so guilty because I was going through, you know, I, 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 like you said, same thing was separated during my training. Mel saw right through it as well. It was like, mm -hmm, what's happening? I did my community ride. It was Valentine's Day. And she's like, why didn't you talk about Valentine's Day? And I was like, because I didn't want to talk about Valentine's Day. And she's like, well, why not? And I just melt down because I was like, I hate love. <laughs> kind of I hate love. Love sucks. <laughs> it doesn't real, it's real, it doesn't exist. But yeah, it was guilt was such a big thing for me because I just, I felt... I felt like the world had been lifted off my shoulders because I was just that the same thing as you said, you know, I was this person in a marriage that I was made to believe it was my job to make him happy. And he was very clear about that too. He's like, this is your job. This is what a relationship is. It's your job to make me happy. And in my mind, I was like, it's never anyone else's job to make anybody happy. It's your job to focus on you to make you happy. Because if you're not focused on yourself, being happy, then no one is going to help you feel happy. No one can change how you feel other than yourself. And he didn't understand that. And that was always an argument. So when I left, I just, I could focus on just me. And it was just, I went through these moments of absolute guilt that I was like, I can't, I can't believe that his heart is completely broken and I feel okay right now. And then the other days I felt shattered, but there were days, the days where I felt like I'm, I am winning. I'm, I'm on this path. I'm finally living this life that I've always wanted to live. And I finally let go of this relationship that truly for me was unintentionally on his half, I'm sh I believe, was just completely burying me. I felt suffocated. I felt sad. I was depressed and I was just lonely and unhappy. And then as soon as it was lifted, I was me. And I felt so guilty for that. It's the weirdest feeling. Yeah, it is the weirdest feeling. I remember when I was in New York and I was kind of feeling like me. I was like, wow, okay. So that's what that feels like. That's what it yeah. feels like to just be Danielle again. Yeah, man, at these, this, it's like this conversation is bringing up like so many of those memories that I just kind of had forgotten that I felt. It kind of gets me to think though. I mean, think about how many people out there are listening to this right now, maybe going through exactly what you and I have been through or something similar, or even just a situation that has given them the same, that like that feeling, you know, in your stomach and in your chest that just doesn't feel good. What do you say to people who are kind of in the thick of their, I guess like a mountain, like the thick of the climb? Because that's what... For me, that's what my divorce and the process of what getting to the point where I acknowledged that the relationship was ending, going through the end of that relationship and then coming out on the other side really did feel like a climb up a mountain because the view from the top was freaking gorgeous, but it took time to get there. So what would be your like message to people that are kind of in that that journey right now? I mean, just that take your time. It's not, it's, you don't, don't put a time limit on it. A lot of, I had, I had some friends in the past that 
I, after a year of still working through it for me, because it took time, healing takes time. You know, they kind of were like, well, I didn't realize that this would still affect you on say our anniversary date or his birthday or Christmas or something. And I'm just like, it's, there's no time frame when you should have moved on just as long as you're taking each day as a step to heal and focus on yourself. I think that's all that matters, but don't feel bad if you're still having days that are hard because it is hard. It is a battle. It is an uphill climb and that hill could be freaking huge and it could take quite a few years to really feel okay, but just be patient with that because there will always be moments in between that are blissful, but there's going to be a little bit harder ones, but those are the ones that really make us stronger being able to get through them. And each time those moments happen, it gets easier and easier to kind of continue to climb, as you would say, and to get to that top. It really does. It gets a little easier. So be patient with yourself. I think it's a really important one. Yeah. Do you feel that going through what you've gone through in your life to get you to who you are today, do you feel that you are more equipped to help other people go through that journey? A. And B, do you feel that everything you've gone through has led you to be the person that you are today? Like, do you feel that those things can coexist? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes to both. I mean, I'm not perfect. Everything I've gone through is obviously my journey and no one's journey is going to be the same. And we, we still learn, I'm still learning about me and who I am and what I want. And like I said, I don't regret any of that, those years with him. And I wouldn't say that I'm equipped to help someone, but I can always give the best advice of how it worked for me. And people can take that advice and use it for themselves the best that they know how, because, you know, I could tell you or suggest that you try something and that may not work for you at all, just because each person is an individual and they're different and each person experiences pain and, you know, disappointment and failure differently. So I can always give the advice that worked for me, but it's just depending on how you apply it is up to you. I think choices are such a big thing. I talk about choices in my class all the time. It's just, it's your choice, your journey. You just have to make it for you. I think that's the most important thing just because that was the biggest lesson for me with all of it. It's just, I'd never made choices for anyone. I made choices for everyone but myself and that now I make them just for me. And if it doesn't work for me, if it doesn't fit for me, regardless of what it is, whether it's a friendship, a relationship, a job, I move on because, you know, we only have one life, we only have one time. And we've heard that before. We hear it all the time. We truly only have this one experience that we remember that we know of. And if you don't make the choice for you and you're constantly just pushing yourself aside, then you just miss that whole experience. You just miss everything about who you are, what you want, your life, your journey. It's, you've got to just one step at a time, your choice for you. What does it feel like to be, you just said, now I make choices just for me. What does that feel like to be there with yourself? It's liberating. It's it's a beautiful thing. It's hard. It's really hard. I I find that a big, it's a challenge because, you know, you want to see what you want to see and they always try and think of how it can work better or whatever situation that you're making a choice to you know, change or continue on. But when you make it for you, then you know that you are, you know, whatever, whatever comes from it is because you decided and it wasn't because someone else told you to or held your hand through it. You, you, I kind of feel stronger for it. I feel more proud of who I am and who I'm becoming as a human and a person. And 
you know, I just, I want to share that with people. That's really important just to kind of own who you are. And if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. And if it does feel good, do it every damn day. <laughs> like do yeah. it all the time. Yeah. And Isn't if it doesn't it? work, change it. Yeah. It's crazy that some people will try to take, they'll try, they'll steer away from things that make them feel good because they feel, maybe it's that they feel guilt or they feel shame around enjoying those things. And listen, I'm not saying if you, you know, are a serial killer to like lean into that. We're talking about like, <laughs> we're talking about like human emotions here, you know, but it is shocking. I'll talk to people all the time that say, oh, I just really want to, you know, quit my job because it just feels really toxic, but I just can't because of X, Y, or Z. And I just, I, maybe it is a matter of going, being, being a person for so long who did make sure that I was doing everything to please somebody else. And now being a person who does things because they please me, I want to shake those people in the most loving way and just say, no, there's, there's a better, there's a better, you do not have to be what somebody else wants you to be if it does not fit who you are. Yeah. Uh, it's just so, yeah, man, it's just so, it's such a real, it's such a real thing. And I I think especially with social media, just being online so much, people just see the expectation a lot more than they, they face the reality. Totally. Yeah. It's scary though. I mean, it was leaving my ex is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Again, I'm sure anyone who's been through that and I mean, any, leaving any kind of relationship, you have this, you know, this sense of security and this blanket and you feel safe. And especially if it's something for so long, I mean, I was with him for eight years. So I was in a routine. I was, I was so used to being with the same person, doing the same things, feeling that sense that way, whether it was unhappy or depressed or anything. I was so used to that feeling and change for anyone is, is scary and a difficult step because you just, it's so unknowing changing something. I I don't know. I feel like I just kind of closed my eyes and was like, okay, let's just go. Let's do it. I think there was, there were so many things screaming at me and being like, you have to get out. Like, I think I remember I was in a, I was on a conversation with my sister on the phone and she, she literally was like Cassidy. She's like, with the risk of you probably hating me after I tell you this, but you are not who you are. And the universe is screaming at you to change it. And I don't understand why you are being so stupid and not doing anything about it. And I was just like, yeah, you're right. I just, I just was so afraid. I was so scared. Thank I had no money. I had no job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness for those soundboards in our life. Cause like everybody has one. Right. And we don't want to, we, it's usually the, this is what my advice. If you're listening out there and you're like, who's my soundboard, it's probably the person that you least want to listen to is probably the person that you least want to acknowledge that they are correct. It's probably them and you probably should listen. Yeah. Oftentimes you go to the people that will give us the answers we want to hear rather than the ones that will give us the truth. And it's usually the ones that tell us the truth that we kind of are like, "Mm, no, I'll wait to talk to him or her. I'll just wait. Yeah. So today in this moment, obviously we're recording this in February, but who is Cass today? Just real, honest. I'm brave. She's brave. (laughs) She wasn't, I wasn't for a long time. I'm just, yeah, imperfect, but brave and still learning. Happy too. Definitely. 
I mean, I have my moments. There's things that definitely go up and down with every day all the time. But if I look back five years from now, this is where I'd be a thousand times over and over again. Mm, I love that. So obviously this podcast is all about helping people to find the acoustic version of themselves, which in, in my opinion is just the version of you that is the most raw, the most real, the most genuine, the most authentic. So where is the acoustic cast showing up the most right now? I guess in my work, I've kind of dove into that. You know, I'm actually just recently got promoted at Lit Method to definitely see the acoustic and real raw version of me. And they appreciate that so much. So I got, you know, now lead of talent development there, which is my dream job. And I think being that, being that raw, being imperfect and, you know, unedited version, but fine tuning along the way, that's who I am. And I think it brings out the best in me and it makes me the happiest. And I, you know, I love soul cycle. I love that method. I love my job and it's who I am right now. The best. I'm really happy. I love that. I love lead of talent development for you. That's such a, such a good role for you. Thank you. So we have one more, I have one more question for you and then we're going to play a game and then I'm going to let you get on with your day. But the last question I have is five years from now, you wake up and you are 37. What does life look like? Ideally, are you a vision caster at all? Not really, but I mean, I can try. I used to be, it just changes so much. I feel like uh, five years I have continued to share my journey. I've helped as many people as I possibly can. I am, I mean, I've got my dream job. I'm still in it, I guess. Now in five years, I'd be there. I have my own home. I don't know where yet. Maybe LA, may not be. Maybe kids. We'll see. Hopefully. I do want them. But, and yeah, just happy. Just really happy and successful. We'll add that because, you know. So it's a great one. <laughs> I love that. You think you think you'll get married again? I'm not against it. I just it would. I'm such a firm believer now that I it needs to be. And maybe it's a fairy tale, but I need to feel so madly in love. And it's not just this blind love. It's a partner and a best friend, and it's an actual connecting relationship. So unless I find that, no. But if I do, we'll take a special person. I want to be with someone who will lift will lift each other up. Yeah, really... I think I think what I realized is if I, obviously I'm engaged, so I am getting married again, but it has to be a partner that you're not a half looking for a half, right? The better half thing I think is such bullshit. I'm not looking for my better half. Like I'm my own whole and I'm looking for another whole. And when two holes come together, you build an empire because then mm -hmm. you're not needing that person. Like, I don't ever want to have to need anybody emotionally. I want, I want that person emotionally. I don't want to need that person physically, but I want that person physically. You know, I, that was a big one for me as I was like, if I'm ever going to get married again, it has to be to a person that is already a whole to add to my whole. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I definitely want to just be able to just be this power couple where you're just constantly 
rooting each other on for everything that you do. I think that's so important. Well, yeah, because then you're in choice, you know, then you go back to your talk about choice. You're constantly in choice with that person. You know, it's not that you're there because, oh, well, we agreed to get married and this is what we did. So now we have to. No, it's it's never it's never a have to. It's always a choice. Okay, well, the game is called Quick Fire. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. You have one minute to get as many in as you can. And um, it's just like quick fire questions. So how are you with quick fire usually? I don't know. I don't know. When's your it. birthday? What's your sign? April 12th, Aries. Oh yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be good at this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you'll be great. This will be great. Okay. okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Private jet or private yacht? Private jet. Favorite color? Green. Favorite vacation you've ever taken? Oh, I don't even know. I haven't really been many places. I guess Miami, that was so fun. <laughs> Favorite food? Pasta. You're going anywhere right now. Where are you going? Greece. Red or purple? Purple. Tequila or red wine? Tequila. <laughs> Would you rather see a sunset or a sunrise? Sunrise. Favorite song? Butterfly by Sodi. Your perfect day. What does it look like? On a beach, margaritas, lots of sex. And you're going on a deserted island. You're going to disappear to a deserted island. You can take three things with you. What are they? My dog. um, Oh, my dog. I mean, I'll be practical sunscreen. (laughs) A really good book. Last question. What's your favorite book? Right now I'm reading Spirit Hacking by Shaman Durek. I'm loving that. Such a good book. Ah, you did really good. You did really good. You got through a lot. Okay. So tell everybody if I want to connect with you, if I want to take your class, if I'm in LA and I want to take, well, Lit Method is virtual, so they can take your class anywhere. Lit Method right now is on demand. Yeah. yeah, Where can you take your class? Tell us your Instagram. Tell us all the places one can find Cassidy Rhodes. My Instagram is (laughs) Cassidy Rhodes SA. So it's Rhodes in Rhode Island. And that's my Instagram. And then with Lit Method, you just, you can sign up for two weeks free and it's on demand and we will be opening in studio when everything's opening up and it's going to be wild and crazy. And then you can also find me at soul cycle, which we are all outdoors and I teach in Santa Monica and century city during the week. And yeah, those are places really I'm about it. I just created a TikTok. We'll see how that goes. Oh my gosh. Good luck. I tried to, I was like at the beginning of COVID. I was like, I'm going to be a TikTok star. It lasted a month. So <laughs> so yeah if you guys are listening to this and you do want to take a two-week free um introductory with cassette lip method you all of her soul cycle information all instagram all of the website all of that will all be in the show notes of this episode so you can go and find it there but i love you friend i just just have so much respect for you and your journey and i'm just so excited to see where you go because i know it's just going to be the most amazing miraculous journey ever Thank you. And I love you. And thank you so much for having me. And congrats on your podcast. It's so exciting. I'm going to be listening to all of them now. I didn't want to listen to all because I didn't want to be influenced by any of the questions. Or anything. I'm the same way. So, same way. Yeah. But all right. I, this well, we'll so talk fun. soon. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Bye. Speaking of fitness and soul cycle. If you are a person who really wants to try soul cycle, but maybe you don't live in a place where there's a studio or an outdoor studio, 
depending on when you're hearing this, a lot of the studios are still operating outdoors. But when all things are normal, we are inside. So if you're not near a SoulCycle and you really are thinking about an at-home bike, SoulCycle does have one. It's through Equinox Plus. So you're not only getting SoulCycle, but you're getting Rumble Boxing. You're getting Solid Core Pilates. You're getting Equinox Hit Classes. You're getting Headstrong Meditation. You're getting Pure Yoga. You're also getting TBT or TB12 Recovery. And I have a discount code. It's for $250 off. The code itself is actually very long though. So instead of just reading it out to you, if you go to our show notes at the bottom of the episode and you'll see the code there, you'll just copy and paste that into when you purchase your at-home bike. But comes with the bike, you get a screen, you get weights, you get a mat, you get all of the fun things. And then you can kind of take SoulCycle classes and all of those other ones right from the comfort of your own living room. So go enjoy that. Cassidy, if you are listening back to this, you're amazing. And that uh, that episode was just awesome. You made me think of so many things that I honestly hadn't thought of before or in a while and definitely did not tell that many people about. So thank you for actually holding me accountable to my own emotions. And if you are listening to this and you're in a similar season, just have patience with yourself. Give yourself the time you need to heal from trauma, whether that be a breakup or a job loss or the loss of a loved one or anything else that we go through that gives us these ebbs and flows in life. Be patient with yourself. And if there's anything I know about Cassidy, she is living and breathing that. And she puts it so beautifully and authentically into her work. So definitely go and take her class online. As I mentioned, we will be putting all the links to where you can take class with her in our show notes as well. So you can go and and find that. But next week, come back for another conversation. We have episodes every Tuesday and Friday. If you're loving this podcast, make sure you subscribe so that you do know when new episodes come out and what they are. You know, we are such a word of mouth industry is what I'm coming to find out about podcasting. And the more you share it with your friends, the more we get to get into the hearts and ears of people in this world. And I am a huge believer that conversation is truly what can heal the world. Radical listening and conversation and just listening to other people's stories that may not be your own, I think are just so important. So like our podcast, subscribe to it give us a rating, give us a review. Find me on Instagram. I am Danielle underscore on the daily. The podcast is at on the daily pod. I respond to every single DM I receive. So make sure that you are sliding in there and telling me what you love. I would love to connect with you. If you are somebody that should be a guest on this podcast, we want to hear from you as well, but take care of each other. Be kind to yourself today. And we will see you on Friday for a solo episode. Have a good one. Bye.